Welcome to episode three of Record Report Podcast. My name is Ahmad. This is your boy, Vance B. And again, if you already saw the first episode, you know that we go back and pull some albums that we liked, didn't like, under underappreciated, overappreciated, and just, you know, give us this uh, week's worth of listen and then come back and talk about it. Um, and for this week's episode, we decided to go and pick one of the most influential albums that I think in hip-hop history, uh, Project Pets. Getty Green album, his debut album. Before you say that title, solidify it for all of our listeners that that's the most motherfucking influential fucking album in hip-hop history. And we're going to tell you why, but shit, whatever start we got right now, listen to that shit first before we jump in. The title, Getty Green. Getty Green, that's, that's, that's ghetto green. That's, that's slang. That's slang in Memphis for money. So just money. Yeah. Getty Green. Getty Green. The money. That's what it's about. That's the name of the game. That's what I said. As long as it's selling, it's all good. <laughs> you already know it. All right. So Hypnotize Mind. You're rolling with the Hypnotize Mind. Three Six Mafia. Yeah, that's a, um, DJ Paul. Because your friends have to get you for your shit. That's all the niggas out here crossing the shit. Smile in your motherfucking face. Turn around, stab you in your motherfucking back. Man, a motherfucking you know heartbeat. But we ever catch one of you niggas, man. That's a motherfucking murder off the top, boy. For sure, nigga. Get it green, get it green. I gotta get the green, get it green, get it green. And that's by any means, get it green, get it green. I gotta get the green, get it green, get it green. And that's by any means, get it green, get it green. I gotta get the green, get it green, get it green. And that's by any means, get it green, get it green. I gotta get the green, get it green, get it green. And that's by any means, I'm the man with the plan, with the gauge, with the man. Ballers, some twanky twankies. You just said it's the most influential album. Do you feel? Do you feel like that's just the most influential album in hip hop history? Um, I would say I would say at this time, yeah. At this time, yeah. yeah. Um, we can we can say I know there's gonna be a lot of hip hop purists to talk about Jay Z, to talk about Nas, to talk about Tupac, to talk about Biggie. Um, all of these albums had you know Ready to Die. Uh, uh, shit. What's the uh uh damn? What's the one that Tupac made? Um. The one right before he died. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of it. I can't think of it neither. And that's his most iconic two, two, one. Uh, All Eyes On Me. Yes, All Eyes On Me. Like, we talk about a lot. Like, a lot of times when we think about hip-hop, we always think about, like, those classic albums or college dropout, to be honest. But I think for this generation of rap that's currently making moves right now, you have to thank Project Pat and you have to thank 3-6 Mafia and god damn it, this was one of the albums that you really had to thank because if you listen to if you listen there's a subgenre, let me add some context, there's a subgenre that's on SoundCloud, YouTube called Funk and in the early uh, 2010s this was com- 
completely renewed. This the subgenre was completely renewed by Space Ghost Pert, uh, DJ Smokey, um, the Raider Clan, so like Amber London, uh, Gorilla Slim, Denzel Curry. They mm-hmm. pretty much took the sound of Three Six Mafia, took the the vibes, the dark vibes that it got from that, and then created their own art from it. And the reason why I say Project Pat comes into a role for this is because Project Pat, alongside Three Six Mafia, was yet another uh, artist that many people can sample or at least use some of his lyrics. And when you look at a lot of the artists today, Megan Thee Stallion, shit, Drake in some case, if you look at, uh, if you listen to the song Look Alive, he uses a Project Pat lyric in the first motherfucking song. Told him that we put that shit behind us, but I lied. Hey, hey, look who I'm around, man. If I fucked up, I'ma be downtown, man. Full flow down, man. That's if I get caught, man. Push me to the end. Like Project Pat is very influential, and I think Getty Green is probably the most influential hip hop uh, albums of all time because if it wasn't for that, it wouldn't have start Project Pat's wave. It wouldn't solidify Three Six Mafia, uh, Three Six Mafia's entire collective, not just the group itself, but people who are affiliated. It wouldn't have actually set a foot now for those artists as well, because Project Pat was one of the first artists to release his own album aside from Three Six Mafia, but still teaming up with them. And then soon you started to see the other artists come out with their own stuff: Gangsta Boo, Lord Infamous, Lil White, different affiliates of hypnotized minds or profit posse and this was the album that like let people know that it's not just three six but the people in memphis has something to say as well so Mm. that's why i probably agree that this is probably like one of the most influential i ain't gonna say the most because there's a lot of uh influential rap albums and project pack like getty getty green is definitely an album that's a little rough but at the same time you cannot take away the fact that a lot of songs, which is what we're going to talk about um, in this album, has been sampled, has been used, or has influenced some of the artists that you might look at to this day. And yeah. shit, with that being said, man, what what's she, she, just the song you chose? And I was just excited to do this because this is like one of my favorite albums. So what's, mm-hmm. what's your first favorite song? What's, what's your first favorite song? Man. Uh, this was tough. Let me, let me, can I get a background for it? Take your time. Take your time. Oh, so this was, um, released in 1999, September 14th. Um, like you said, it was one of the first solo albums on Hypnotized Minds. Uh, 3-6 Mafia had achieved some level of success before 1999 when this came out. So they weren't like, this wasn't like brand, brand new, but they had some, Successes in like 95, I think they had Mystic Styles in 93, they had some joints. So they, they had like, she had some level of success that was outside of um, Memphis. But um, they were known for something different for the, for the most people out there. So they was known for, I guess for people probably like horrorcore in a sense, or like more of a gothy rap, but it was still like street. This was they were, their uh, preconceived notion was 3-6 Mafia at the time. Uh, so anyway, this album, uh, with production from uh, Juicy J, DJ Paul, and a couple joints from Man and Fresh, with features from uh, Cash Money. Everybody on Cash Money was on here. Yeah. Crazy Bone and Noriega, which is big 
features for a debut album, which is crazy. Uh, and he only had two singles, and only one single, like the biggest single, which was Ballers. Yep. Um, I just wanted to get that background as we try to dig into it, just like the later land. I think also 99, um, this is when like the South was starting his now dominance um, of hip hop. Um, and it was mostly centered around, which is crazy to think about now because Atlanta is the Mecca, but uh, the biggest, like the national spaces was Tennessee with 3-6, Project Pat. And then you had like Louisiana with No Limit and uh, Cash Money. This is before Atlanta got up because the Outcast was only, only big group, but they weren't like dominating. Um, like, a, like I guess you would say kind of Cash Money was just because the level of production he was putting out just outcast but cash money had an album out every single week or every single month at least Thanks. but Thanks. all that to say um i'm excited for the album um and uh let's start picking out fives so my first one this is my favorite song off the rip uh you know the biz yes that's yes. my joint yeah this is a great start that's that's an amazing that song man that song really it surprised me so I gotta, I'm gonna say this a lot during the album, during the, during the, interview, during the, the, the review or whatnot. Yeah. I didn't listen to uh, UGK. I mean, I didn't listen to 3-6 or um, Project Pat almost at all. Like I heard some of the songs cause in Baltimore, they was really big. Like 3-6 yeah. was huge up there. Yeah. Uh, so like a certain set of people, like if you rock with them, you rock with them heavy. Like there was no in, in between. Yeah. Kind of felt like it was that way everywhere. But um, so I, I knew some of that songs, but again, it was received like it's just that dark, weird hip hop, da da da. So everybody didn't rock with it. So some older heads that I was with, they listened to it a lot. So I was familiar with it, but my brother didn't listen to it, and I listened to whatever he listened to it. But I still can see these. So I didn't really get into three six pack until I was older in college. But you, because you put me on, because you was playing some joints, and I'd be like, yo, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, yo, that's pretty sick. I think you played like a pimp. You played like, no, my yes. cousin played, my, my cousin played like a pimp in his yeah. car. And then you played, I can't remember what song it was. It was some it was, song. It was crazy. It was like a pimp because I, re, I remember the Maybe day. Maybe that was you then. That's yeah. you then. All right. It was the, I think it was the one on, um. it had to either be the one on 3-6 Mafia's uh, The Untouchables or mm -hmm. the one. On UG's case, UGK's Riding Dirty. It's between those two albums because they had two versions of it. Oh, yeah. You know, you, Bum B did an interview recently. It was actually out. He said they was going to make a um, a joint album called Underground Mama. Scissor was actually um, was the first song from a group that UGK and Three Six Mafia was doing together. We were going to be the Underground Mafia. Oh, that would have been Whoa. crazy. So, Sipping on Scissor. Are we was breaking actually, this on Revolt Live right now? I don't know. If too many people know that. A couple of people oh might God. know that, but that was going to be records. Other records made? Are, like a pimp. So, oh. um, Sipping on Scissor was the record for their album, right. and the song Like a Pimp was the song for our album. We did them Super Bowl weekend in Atlanta. Mm. But y'all didn't make like when, any kind of like an EP or project. We never, got that, we never got that far into it because oh, Pimp ended up getting locked up. Right, right. So we never yeah, even got to finish the project. Honest, as a fan of And then like that, coming yeah. back home. As a fan of And then like most people don't know that the original version of Players Anthem was us in 3-6 right, Mafia. Three, yeah. So that's like the return actually of us getting back to wow. underground mafia music. Wow. But that version wasn't clear. That just sounds like yeah, underground mafia. But you know the biz, man. Like I just, I just love the song, man. And this, 
is not the song that you would assume for a three six uh connected artist was they they came off like this album came out the same year as the tear the club up boys album came up yep. um so and on pat on that song he was on the crunky the crunkiest who the crunkiest he was on like lively songs but you know the businessman the the sample i think it's by the impressions nope perfectly done who was about that's probably what well, i don't think that's probably well, that. a woman's gotta have it oh he's gotta have it what song and you use the impressions for i'm sure it's it's a woman's gotta have it now all right let me let uh i don't mean to cut you off i apologize go ahead no go ahead okay so let me take let me let me add a little bit more context to this take a shot if you heard this more than three times but if you know <laughs> you're gonna hear that more you're gonna hear touch your soul again i'm sorry people but uh. when uh when when the first time I heard You Know the Biz, it brought me back to listening to Bobby Walmack's A Woman Gotta Have It with my dad. Mm. When I first heard Bobby Walmack's A Woman's Gotta Have It, I was riding down in North Carolina and it was just me and my dad. My mom was already, like my mom, my sisters, they were already at like our house, um, our grandmother and grandfather's house in Littleton, R.I.P. Grandpa. And, um, he was, I was just riding with him because he was going to see family members. And he always played like older kind of music when he's in North Carolina. And one of the songs that reminisced with me a lot was Bobby Walmack's um, A Woman's Gotta Have It. Like he all, for some fucking reason, he always played this song. Some fucking reason he always played this song. One of the one of the original few that he like always played, <laughs> along with Zapp and Roger in North Carolina. I don't know. I don't, it's a, some type of something in the water that makes my dad want to just turn to like old people shit. Cause he plays jazz in the city. But like when I heard that sample, I, I mean, when I heard the song originally, I was like, yo, this I like this song. It just takes you back to like Bobby Walmack's time, the way that he sings it. And then just the way that he says, think it over. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's just melodic, man. It's so good. So when the first time I heard, like, I, the first time I heard Getty Green, I should be completely honest, was not, did completely skipped over this song. And even when you said that we were going to do this album, like we were going to review it, bruh, like the first couple of songs I started get, you know, going back to were the ones that were on my playlist. North Memphis. Uh, 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 niggas got me fucked up. You got all yeah, these hard yeah. ass hits, and I stumbled across you know the biz. Like it just came on after niggas got me fucked up. Oh my god! And I had to like just like you. This has probably become one of the, my favorite songs off of this album that I'm kicking myself in the face because I forgot about this album in the past. And mm -hmm. yo, like the 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 first like like you said before, three six mafia was mainly known for having these horror, occult type of vibes going on with him. But when Project Pat came out with Grady Getty Green, of course he was talking about like like real gutter hood shit. Street shit, yeah. 
in the most smallest pockets of the album, you might get a little positivity or you might just get a little bit of reality raps instead of gangster shit. Mm-hmm. And You Know The Abyss is exactly like that. But it's, it's just mainly him talking about, like, you know, he's trying to get his bread out here. Like, you, you know the business. Like, you already know what the shit, you know, what's up. But instead of it being like, oh, I'm handling money this way, it's like, hey, nigga, like, I'm about that life. I got the shit on me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, like, the yeah. fact that he can max that 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 gangster-ass Memphis side with that Bobby Walmack sample so beautifully, oh, my God. Oh, my God. You don't, yeah. you don't really hear songs like that. It, it, it makes you... It, it makes you reminisce of songs like 8-Ball and MJG's coming out hard. Mm-hmm. They really knows how to use the sample, but then still give you gangster shit on the side. So, yeah. yeah, I agree. That's a great point, man. Like, this album, this this, album, this song been on my playlist for a while. I told you on the phone, like, it's just one of the few songs off the head I can play around my kid because there ain't a lot of crazy cussing. So, this joint been on my playlist for, like, week, months, right? Because I actually really love this song. It's one of my favorite songs on the album. But, one of the things I really like about Project Pat is that I don't know if he done this like consciously or just because this is just how he created side work, but just like the flow pattern on this out throughout different versions of this song, the other album is crazy. Yeah. But like how he starts the album, it starts the song with like his flow pattern. Which I don't think anyone really is. Still a thug, still a man, showing love to my dog, to my folks. Violator, bitty slugs in your back. Got a tech, it's your dog, Project Pat. In the hood, having fun, sipping on Parmesan. Give me some, show me love. Like the man up above, watch me rise to the top. Spread my wings like a dove, being mugged. Niggas looking, and a hit from a smile, but inside blood looking. Got a problem with my style, with the click, with the clan. Lanes, I don't understand. If you feel that you're real, but the song that you at the time, people were saying, oh, well, that's like um, elementary shit because it wasn't New York niggas trying to rap super fast. Yeah. But this shit is so creative because nobody was fucking doing it. At all. And it's, all. it's like, I don't know, it blows my mind how this was so overlooked. This is an, a quintessential hip hop song. Like, I don't understand why they get treated any different than any other other great guys from the nineties. This is the most this is all the elements of hip hop is here. The sample, the storytelling, uh, the the creativity of your wordplay. Uh you can't dance to it like you want to, but shit, my nigga, you can vibe with it. You yep. can play it in your car, you can play it in the house, it's versatility with how you play it. Uh, and it's honest to him. Yeah. And it's also Pat also includes humor in his music. I think that's that's hard to do because everybody's yeah. so serious. So I don't know, man. This is my favorite joint. Uh, this is my favorite song. I'm gonna play this song forever. Um, like you say, it's just quintessential hip hop, and a lot of times you hear a lot of like I'm not. You don't hear everybody, but you hear a good number of people discredit people like Project Pat, especially at the time, because he did come with a different flow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Of course. And then what I found out while I was researching, preparing for this, they use a sample for this, like a vocal sample, nothing crazy, for the Who Run It. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. that was wait, 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 wait. Out. What sample did they use? That, so when they did a Who Run It in 2000, they sampled yeah. this song. What? Three, six. 
Okay. Um, it's tough, man. It's it's uh, I'm, I'm happy we get to do this, give him and his flowers because he deserve it. What you got yeah. next? I got. Hey, we're gonna come out this gate hard, my nigga. I mean, shit. Let's talk about North Memphis. Breaking down some reaper, rolling up a sweeter, riding through the streeter, cheaping like a heater. Reaper got me missile, all they go to blue boy, searching my physical, breath smell like liquor, man, this project better. This was on my list, so you need to go twice, because I'm going to say everything. I'm going to go with you on this one. This was, this was on my This is a fuck, man, 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 man. You know a nigga has not, does not respect Project Pat or if he has not listened to North Memphis. First of all, this is probably one of the best intro tracks in hip-hop history, and I feel like you need to give Project Pack his respect because the way he came in here, mm-hmm. it was the second song. You got, like, this little song. That's the song. first song. It's the first song? That's the oh. first song. Oh, nigga, yeah, yeah. That's then, the yes, first song. yes. This is the first song out the gate. You fucking right. I'm looking at Spotify right now. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. But... This is the first song out of the gate. And the way he just enters the building. Off of his, mind you, off of his debut album. This is like his first ever album. He had mixtapes before, but this is his first studio project. And to start off with North Memphis, introducing the world to where the fuck I come from. Not me specifically, but Project Pack. Yeah, but yeah. also, shout out to Orange Mound. That's where my cousin, um, my cousin's family is from. Shout out to Cousin Eric and Toya and and and, and uh, 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 cousin Angie, y'all, 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 they all from Memphis. I'm sorry, but like the way he just comes in and then the chance in the background, it was just completely different from Three Six Mafia. And I could, I'm pretty sure some people like were suspecting the same kind of content that Three Six was offering, but no, this was like. I'm going to introduce you to where the fuck I come from. And then I'm going to give you my entire different style compared to what, you know, Juicy J and DJ Paul and them is created. You know what I'm saying? This was his first footprint. And instead of him just, you know, just like walking in the door and closing it, that motherfucker kicked it open and then the door fell off. (laughs) And now he's just like, I'm here now. (laughs) Whatever, whatever barrier that he, um, whatever barrier that he, he went through, to introduce himself in the hip got hip hop game, that shit is left open like DMX's house when he was a kid. But that's not the point. <laughs> that's not the point. Um, yes, North Memphis is definitely one of the best hip hop intros of all time, hands down. Fucking debate me. I fucking dare you. I de- I dare you. Cause like at the same time, like he just enters the. Oh man, go go ahead, go ahead. say what you gotta say. God damn. Man, I. I... I agree. It's it's one of them ones, man. It really uh, set the tone for everything that I feel like he wanted to do. Um, and it's 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 the perfect intro. And again, his flow was like nothing we never heard, like out the gate. And I loved how he wasn't trying to like appease anyone outside of people who wanted to rock with him. Cause I'm sure at this time, like you gotta imagine, like this is the '90s. They wanted you to all rap like niggas of New York or niggas from LA. Yeah. And one thing I love about the South was that there was those people. But after a while, they said, "Yo, I'm gonna make music that's true to the band itself. We gonna, 
I want you to feel like you in my town when you're listening to my shit. Yeah. Um, and tell you what I see and what I feel. So I love the authenticity that he put in there. And that's bold, man. That's not easy to do to say on my debut album, I'm not going to say, I'm going to try to do all my shit different. Yeah. Now, again, I don't know if Project Pet was like knowingly trying to be uh, the sore thumb. Like, I was listening to that, look, looking to him a little bit and was like, when I came out the first album, Get It Green, I could have did it in Get It Green, but I didn't do, I didn't come out like I did on Mrs. Don't Play because of, I was still kind of halfway in the street. I had a little light beef going on, and it was real. So it's like, I couldn't really do a lot of talking. I, I, I couldn't really, I, I just couldn't talk about this shit because it, it was just so much, I was still in it. So I ain't want to incriminate myself, other people, I just wasn't on, gonna do that. So then when Getty Green came out and it did good, then I seen how the situation I had going on kind of phased away. A few dudes got locked up, a few dudes got shot. Then they just, it phased off. And then like the, 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 the main person with the beef situation had got locked up forever. So it was over. So then it was like, it was like, oh, okay. So then, like, I was done with the street stuff because I said, man, I'm going to leave this alone. I had told my cousin, because uh, we was you know, still selling weed and shit. I told my cousin, I said, look, man. So I don't know if that led to him just being like, all right, fucking do what I feel like. But the way it came out, man, like it, it is when you analyze music that came out from 1999 and all that rap shit, it's refreshing to know like all of these guys is like fuck what they doing up top, fuck what they doing over here. I'm making music for us, and then they gonna rock with it eventually. And I love because I'm sure there was some guy in Memphis around the same time rapping like they weren't from Memphis with the hope that they can blow up, not sound like niggas from Memphis. And I'm so happy that Three Six was probably this guy that was like, no, my nigga, we gonna do it our own way. We still want to sample the shit we grew up on like they did in New York. Like the same, like though you can go to some of these samples, right? And you'd be like, damn, Miles used the same sample. Jay used the same, like the samples, they all grew up on the same soul shit, but just how they flip it and make the sounds different, y'all. And I, I love it. And we're going to talk about impact in general at the end. But man, this song alone, it's been sampled so many times, yeah. Yep. Did, I think the dude, Duke Deuce had that joint last year, the yes. crunk joint. Yes. And then uh, that was um, if you ain't from my hood, you can yeah. get around here. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. I just fuck with it, yo. I just. Yeah. I think it's a great way, and it's short. Yep. Like North Memphis is only a minute long, cause that's you can't that energy don't translate to a three minute intro. Like it's yeah. one point, it's a minute, minute and a half. You know, and it's a great way to get into the album. And I, man, it's a shame that Pat didn't get his props when this came out, man. This, right? This shit was crazy. You know what the crazy thing is, though? Because Project Pat did this again. So with North Memphis, you said that it was about like a minute and some change, right? Mm -hmm. He did it again with, um, it was a, there was a song on his later mixtape uh, called, like, it, or he started it out like, throw your gang signs up your gang signs up and like it was only a minute but he just went in on this hard ass beat that was sampled from the 80s and then that was it 
You know what I'm saying? Um, mm-hmm. Hold on. I, I should definitely be able to look for this album while I'm talking. But when, what you were saying about, like, there was somebody definite, like, you know, there was probably somebody in Memphis sounding like somebody that wasn't from Memphis. I could definitely say that was Gangster Pat, <laughs> who actually had the beef with 3-6 Mafia because he said that 3-6 Mafia was sounding like him. And at the time, mm. Gangsta Pat was the most famous person out of like the, the mixtape, the underground mixtape uh, scene, because you had different oh. artists like uh, Tommy Wright III, and then you had Gangsta Pat, you had 3-6 Mafia, you had uh, uh, DJ Zert, who made um, bitches on my dick, uh, Too Thick, that's what it's called, Made Too Thick. So Too Thick is probably one of the most sampled songs by 3-6 Mafia. And DJ Zerk was originally a part of the whole Memphis trio. But even when you had this sound kind of buzzing in the city at the time, Gangsta Pat was the most famous person. But at the same time, he, when you listen to his albums, he had like a 90s California vibe, but with a more Memphis-esque flow. So like he had, you could tell that he was from the South, but it sounded so much like California gangster rap instead of, like, actual, you know, Memphis underground tape energy. 3-6 Mafia was the biggest group to actually put that onto the platform. But to go back to what you was, what we were saying about North Memphis, I think another important thing about this song is that Project Pat is kind of the originators of how songs are getting much more shorter than what they are, but having yeah. a lot of punch. Yeah. Yeah. That's agree, man. That's before your time, though. They wasn't making one-minute intros with one verse. It's only one verse. Yep. That's common nowadays. Yep. But again, I don't know, three, you can tell me, I don't know every 3-6 album, probably you know more than me, but I don't even think they was doing songs just one verse, uh, intro, outro, boom, and then yeah. go to the next song. No, no. Most of the songs are around like, most of the songs I've heard probably around two, two to three minutes or longer, um, especially with like certain songs like um one of my favorites um live by your rep that taking a while not only because of how dark the fucking the, the fucking lyrics are <laughs> due to the fact that they were beefing with bone thugs and harmony at the time which is something we should talk about on this album we get that we'll get down there a little bit further uh but they were beefing with bone thugs and harmony that song alone was like three to four fucking minutes like it was it was pretty mm-hmm. long because they had to get through the whole crew but when he came out with this and he had this song with a little bit of time, but so much like punching and kicking coming, man, it was, it was something that was revolutionary. You didn't see a lot of artists do something like that. Most of the time you had to stick with a four count that was usually around 90 or 80 BPM. And then you also mm-hmm. had to like have a song that people can dance to for about three to three to four minutes. I, I think things were much more structured, but because Hypnotized Minds and Profit Posse was underground and they were independent technically at this time, they didn't really have to worry about, oh, do we need to, you know, have this long out intro, you know, so we can get the entire world to look at our stuff. Now, nah, fuck that shit. Let's just do what we want to do. Let's introduce North Memphis like this. And there's very few songs that I've heard from the past that can kind of say everything all in less than two minutes. Mm. Oh man, it's it's one of those it's one of those perfect intros. Since yeah. since that was on my list, so we both got two of. You can go next and get your third, start the third one off. Okay. Um. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Um. 
I would probably say uh, niggas got me fucked up. Ooh. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. I didn't hear this song. I didn't hear this song through Getty Green at first. I heard this song through uh, my man DJ Smokey and, and our little friend from Strictly Hip Hop, uh, to, uh, not Tommy Wright III, Tommy Cruz. Tommy uh, Cruz. Yeah. 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 So yeah, if you if, if our viewers don't know, me and Amaya used to work at um, WAA 88.9, Strictly Hip Hop. I was out here covering artists. My man Amaya was behind the boards, you know, killing shit, you know what I'm saying, and also providing really good information for the radio waves and the hip hop scene. But at one point we were, we had a uh, shit. We had OG Dutch master. We had Buffalo. Mm-hmm. We had like the entire like triple seven crew. Right. If I'm wrong. Yep. Yep, okay, yep, yep. cool. Cool. So we had that whole crew in there and because I really fuck with Tommy Cruz's beats, I was asking them for, you know, some of his beats so he could freestyle off of. And one of the songs sample project pack. Didn't really necessarily know that it was him, but I know that it was niggas got me fucked up that kept going in my head. So then I went back to the original that summer, and my God, my, my God. That song is so clean, but, like, he's still talking about, like, gangster-ass shit, and it goes back to what you were saying about how his flow is so different from other rappers, especially at this time, because the way that he kind of just flows off of the beat and just come hard with these tough ass lyrics. It's just like, yo, like this shit hard. And it wasn't even like he was just talking about straight up gangster shit. Like he was talking about, well, you talking about bitch ass niggas. You know what I'm saying? People that you know were uh, 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 entrepreneur niggas, or um, <laughs> or people that was faking about what what they have. Kind of like some of these social media people out here, but I ain't say shit. But <laughs> facts, facts. Like he was just talk. Like he was just trying to. Like he was just trying to. How should I say, navigate himself as a real nigga through an an area with a lot of bitches, and I don't mean that by women. I mean that by men who are two faces fucking, you know, got their own little agendas going on while trying to be positive. Let us know how you feel, brother. Hey, you know what I'm saying. But at the same time, uh, the beat that he used, the way that he rapped over niggas got me fucked up. It gave it. <laughs> I think this is something that we're probably going to talk about a little bit further, but it really gave off like vibes from the Mac. Like Mm. I felt like this song was kind of like one of those songs that the Mac would, you know, kind of ride to just due to the fact of the sample that is being used. Not necessarily. I I got the the sample well, the sampled song on my OG playlist, but um, correct me if I'm wrong. I think, I don't know if it's an Isaac Hayes sample, but um, the way that he uses it to kind of just talk about, like, how he's trying to be real, you know, among all of these fake people and do it in a way that's still casual like the Mac is different from 3-6 Mafia because yes. most of the time people thought 3-6 was just about the devil, you know, hard, all these occult, hard things. But that's where the Memphis Underground tape came from. But – he he had this whole entire flow that had nothing to do with the dark occult themes and was just real. It was just reality from his own self with a dope ass beat to match with it. And I'm a motherfucking soldier. When you come up missing motherfucker, I told ya. Hold ya, nuts up. Go and get your pop gun. You must be a fool if you think that niggas gonna run from your ass. I'ma pull the gag back to your struck. Project Pet don't give a fuck. These niggas got me fucked up, fucked up, fucked up, fucked up, fucked up, fucked up. That's pure 
real Memphis shit. You ain't yeah. never gonna see no niggas like that, dude. You ain't gonna never see no New York niggas do some shit like that. Like, the way, like <laughs> that shit's so casual with 3-6. Have you ever noticed that shit? Like, at the end of a song, or even in the middle of a song, they'll, like, play around with the bass because they had a real lo-fi kind of bass, mm-hmm. and they play around with it to kind of, like, give it a different spin compared to their normal four count. And Niggas Got Me Fucked Up was one of those songs where I kind of peeped it like, oh, shit, okay. And then when I actually got, like, their plug-in, their plug-in folders, you kind of see that one of the bases, like, one of the bases being let off and just faded in the distance. And, like, that's something that is kind of a signature to what they do. But the way that they do it in different Project Pat songs like Niggas Got Me Fucked Up is so amazing. And I think this is one of the songs that, like, differentiates Project Pat from 3-6. One of that, mm. that, that, that has to be one of the biggest takeaways because he wasn't talking about the same shit 3-6 was taking, but I, I think because he was associated with him and he worked with him as his own artist, people kind of affiliate, they just, you know, matched him up with 3-6 and I'm pretty sure he had to deal with that kind of criticism after a certain time, you know, a certain period of time. Ooh, yeah. Uh, you right. It is an Ozzy Hayes sample. That's great memory on that one. Thank you. Um, also, got to give him props again, man. It's another example of him being creative with the timing. This is only two verses, two short verses. So yeah. it's not even like a long thing. And I, I think that it's crazy that um, he doesn't get props for that. Like his ability to be creative with song construction. The first, the beginning of the song is literally, these niggas got me fucked up 20 times. Yep. That's it. That's the whole joint. That's the hook. The hook is, these niggas got me fucked up over and over and over and over in two verses. Yep. I don't know. That's just, that is impressive. His ability to be like, fuck the norms of how we're going to make these songs. I'm going to do it my way. The 3-6 made a project Pat way, and I'm going to twist it up to get creative with how we're going to do it. And, you know, one of the things about hip-hop is an art form that I love is, like, when people are trying to say, how can we think outside of the box but still be true to where I'm from and what I represent? And that's one of the things early at the gate Pat was able to do. Most rappers don't get this comfortable with being themselves out the gate. That's not a norm thing, especially hip hop, because it's normally young guys doing it, trying to find themselves. But out the gate, Pat was like, I'm comfortable in my own skin and I want to make the music how I see fit. And I think that's just, that is that is, it's fucking mind blowing. Yep. This wasn't one of my five, but it was definitely one of my favorite songs. On okay. So, okay. Yeah. Also, side um, note, um, so like how you said about the niggas got me fucked up 20 times part. Mm-hmm. If you listen to a lot of the three six older mixtapes before um, Mystic, Mystic oh. Styles, yes, uh-huh. thank you. If you listen to a lot of the mixtapes before Mystic Styles, they have these type of songs in their tracks. I think that's why I like a lot of the '90s, the early '90s three six, because mm-hmm. they instead of them just rapping over beats that they made they actually played around with samples that they may have had from different songs that they've made in the past. And they continued it on to not only the, 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 the albums that they created in a year, but then if you even go to the, you know, to the 
to the uh, to the present now, you have a lot of people playing around with three six the same way that they did, but they can't match it two three six. You have songs like Riding in the Chevy. You had songs like Time for the Juice Man. You know, insane. Like, like you had all of these songs that just repeated the same samples. The only difference between those songs and Project Pat's the niggas got me fucked up. Is Project Pat had a message, like you said, about how he was going to do his own thing, and um, and he doesn't really care about what people think about him. And he had that message over the same structure that was originally just for something that you could ride around and just kick out your speakers. But Project Pat made it an actual song. And like you said, very short to the point, but it makes you go back. I think that's something that's going to be recurring throughout this entire, this entire album. Yeah. Uh, these niggas was wild, yo. They just yeah. didn't know the fuck they want. Now I yeah. love that shit. It's crazy as hell, God. too, man. Like, you do, you, like, if they went in, the, if they signed to a record label, Man, this shit not happening. Yeah, there's no, no way a record label in the '90s is letting them be this creative. Since they had some success on the independent level with their mixtapes, and it didn't sign to a major, it was with Lyle, which is big, but it wasn't like Def Jam or fucking whatever the Interscope shits. They still got to make the music that they wanted to fucking make, yo. And I think that's, that is is it shows in the music. So, this is my third one. Oh, easy. One of my favorite joints. Because I, I think it's just, it makes me feel like I'm visiting my family in the south. I'm on a dirt road. Uh, I see them big old cars with a big ass round. I got my uncle's doing dumb wild shit. <laughs> gold, uh, gold shine. Yeah. Let me see if gold shine. I just like, yo, it's true, bro. And I, I this is before. Everyone stole gold grills and made it as like a, a fashion statement. Yeah. And back then, to them, it was part of that culture. And I felt like it was, I ain't trying to get all deep and shit like that, but I felt like it was their way of like being like, being proper where you're from. Like another thing about this album, that came one of the themes that I got from it is like, I'm true to me, I'm true to Memphis. I'm letting you know what it's like here. Um, one thing that, uh, Project Pets in one of the interviews, like, ghetto, the like, getty green just mean like, ghetto money, like, mm-hmm. being in the hood, don't do hustling, get your money together, shit like that. Mm-hmm. And one of the things about Goshan that I like is, like, yo, he's, in a way, bigging up his culture, bigging up his community, bigging up Memphis, and bigging up the people who he's with. Um, and Goshan, like, I don't know, man, it's like, you'll be proud of your shit, like, be happy about your shit, like, I'm gonna yell you from the South, nigga will be still getting money. Yeah. My teeth is blinging. Um, ain't no crazy lyric dexterity blowing out the house from motherfucking minds. Nope. But I, I think it's a quintessential Memphis song. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. it's a not, it makes you feel like you in the South. And I, I love the guest verses. I fuck with it. And uh, again, the guest verses weren't long. Everybody had short verses. Yep. Yep. Fuck with it, bro. That's one of my joints. Man, hey, I completely agree with you, man. That's a quintess. Say it again. Quintessential Memphis song. Yeah, man. Yeah, that. That shit. That shit. That shit hit, man. Like, (laughs) every time I hear this song, I just imagine some like 
bad bitch from Memphis, like walking around just like jamming to this shit, doing the bouncing shit to this shit. Like it just gives off that vibe. Like you can play this shit while you listen, uh, while you watching Hustle and Flow, and it matches. Uh, you can just watch this shit like while, like you said, driving uh-huh. down Memphis and going through those old, um, those old dirty roads. I've never been to Memphis before. Hope to change that soon, but like the song definitely gives off that vibe and it showcases more of the Memphis sound than like you said, trying to be lyrical. It's mainly talking about how that nigga shining, but at the same time, it's still like, it still uses that Southern Memphis sound to kind of, and I don't want to put it in a box like Memphis sound, but the three, six sound, it, it puts that to the forefront to kind of just be like, all right, cool. I'm shining right now, but you know, you're going to play this shit in your car. You know you're gonna play this shit in your car, and right. I also believe that, <laughs> like you did say, like it's a fashion statement now. Like people, people who who don't really look like us are wearing grills because it's just cool. Like it's just a cool thing to do, but they don't really understand the culture that it originally came from. In places like Memphis, where it came from, and usually people that had like gold teeth and stuff like that, mainly for dental issues, mind you. They, they got a gold teeth, but it, it's to help them out with, you know, the teeth in the back. Like, the fact that that is disrespected in the, you know, the two early, not, I mean, late 90s, early 2000s. But now it's like, oh, you got a grill, this shit popping. Like, Project Pat was one of the reasons why it became, like, popularized long before it actually became popularized. You know, I'm pretty sure usually... The people that, you know, listen to Project Pat, those were the type of niggas that did get the grill. You know what I'm saying? And they walked yeah. out that joint. Where, yeah, I got this little joint, you know, listening to Project. But shit, man, like, I think this is a quintessential Memphis song, like you said, just due to the fact that, like, it has the sound uh, uh, building blocks of a Memphis song, you know, without it being way too much, you know, hype or up-tempo. Yeah. But then it, you know, the lyrics come in, the flow is different. And then also just the, the he's just talking about the culture by mainly talking about the jewelry, the, the the feeling of you being dialed up and, you know, having a little cash on you and having that really good feeling like you about to go pull some jumps. So, yeah, this this was a, this was a really good song. I, I, I like your selection. That was good. That was good. Uh, uh, I think next is the fourth joint. Yeah. You got two yeah, songs yeah. apiece. I'm a I'm a throw up um I'm a throw up uh, up there, up there. Oh yeah, that's, yeah. that's one of the ones, man. Yeah, yeah. Now I was listening to this since I was working at Chipotle, so this is definitely in college. Um, and the reason why I really like this is because around the time I first heard this song, this was right after I found out about Three Six Mafia and Bone Thugs and Harmony beef. Yeah. So at the time, when I was in junior college, like, of course, you know this, but some of our viewers may not know. I was on, like, a real 3-6 Mafia binge. And, um, this nigga, this nigga played 3-6 all day, every day. All day. <laughs> all right. I mean, that's how I became hit. I'm like, this nigga, it's my bump into this nigga from playing 3 All right, bro. No, go ahead. No, 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 no. You no, no. I needed I needed that extra person to verify because like, yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that, that shit is a fact. Yeah. Um. But like at the time, like I was binging that shit, and um, I heard up there, and I was like, wait, when did this come out? Nineteen ninety nine. 
and then I was just watching, I, don't, I think it was a beef documentary. I think it was beef two or beef three, but it, they briefly talked about the fucking three, six mafia and bone thugs and harmony beef and talked about like how they were stealing each other's flows and stuff like that. And like, I was like, wow, this really got bad. And then after I saw that documentary, a couple of days later, I heard live by your rep off of mystic styles. Mm-hmm. So when you fast forward the, the, dark and sinister shit that they would do to Bone Thugs and Harmony and live by your rep. And a few years later, end up seeing Crazy Bone with Project Pat on this song. A song that is really, like, really hard. I mean, they, of course, it mainly just talks about him smoking weed. You Pretty know, much. smoking that bud to get us up there. Like, the fact that these two artists did come together for this track, I was I was surprised. And both of these artists were actually one of my favorite artists when I was in middle school, high school or so. Like, that shit was, yeah, up there is my shit. Um, very simple, you know, different type of sound. Um, it doesn't have, like, the quintessential sound like Goldshine, like North Memphis. But at the same time, it just got, like, its own kind of 2000s vibe going. And then the fact that it added Crazy Bone to... He, you know, he added Crazy Bone to the track. Not only know, uh, not only let me know that he fucks with Project Pat, but also Bone Thugs and Harmony and Three Six Mafia. They fuck with each other, or at least they've put their they put their differences to the side to to collaborate. And I mean, like many of the collaborations on Getty Green, that was something that was important to hip hop at the time for people in the Midwest and in the South. How did he squash the beef? Um, I'm not sure. I think they had a talk and then they kind of like talked it out and said like, you know, it's not, y'all just happened to have, you know, it happened to be a coincidence. Y'all had your own different vibe. We had our own different vibes. And then when you soon listen to both groups, they have completely different sounds. Like they kind of similar just due to the fact that like Bone Thugs have like darker cult themes in their stuff, but their stuff is much more, how should I say? It's, it's, it's dark, but still lighter than 3-6 Mafia. 3-6 Mafia, at the time, pushed Borders because they were like, oh, we're going to do our own shit. We're going to go with this hard thing because this is what is, you know, you know, power lining the Memphis sound at the time. Three uh, uh, Bone Thugs, they were still talking about those darker, you know, occult themes. They still had um, E-99, E-1999. I know that that was something that was big in the group at the time. But they were more, I'm not going to say like a boy band, because that's kind of, it's kind of basic. <laughs> it's kind of basic. They're not a hip-hop boy band. But at the same time, the raps that they had were were slightly different from 3-6 Mafia. And I think due to the fact that people started passing around the fact that they sounded alike and um, they had like similar flows, I think that's what powered the beef. But I think once they actually met up with each other after that, they kind of squashed it. Now, you might want to watch the beef documentary that actually had this beef because I might be wrong. I know that they were beefing because of the flow, but I think they squashed it after they talked it out one time. I don't think anybody got hurt from it. But that's one of the reasons why I do like Up There because it's 3-6 Mafia and it's Bone Thugs and Harmony. And at the time, I loved both of them. So to have two artists from those two worlds together in 1999 is very special just due to the fact that if you if you were really in hip hop history at that time you knew what happened before. Cuz Bone Thugs was big. 
back yeah. in uh, '99. That was a, they was they was still big group. So yeah. that's big for a project pack to have like a yeah. one of the rappers from the largest groups at the time on his records debut record at that. That's crazy. Yep. Um, I like the song. I love the Tupac sample. Yep. Um, uh, the piano. I think you got the piano in there from the Tupac sample. Mm. Um, it's a smoking song. Like it's, it's nothing life changing in it to me. Um, if I've known the history that you just gave, probably I would like it more. But I like the song. Like it's nothing. I like every song on the album. No album yeah. up here really threw me off. So yeah, I, I fuck with this one too. I like it. Um, I didn't know all that history though, man. That's really interesting to know. Now I gotta learn more about like their beef at that level. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. You gotta, yeah. I for for the many viewers, if you really want to get into, cause like, I think what I get tired of is motherfuckers that say they like three six, and they only listen to most known unknowns, the Unbreakables, which is a good album. Um, and then there was one before that that a lot of people listened to that was uh, that was really good. Um, I don't know, but I know one of my favorite DJs. He mentioned that album is like his. I know. I think that was the Unbreakables. Okay, so the Unbreakables <laughs> and Most Known Unknowns. There's a lot of people that listen to those albums just due to the fact that at this time Three Six was already getting videos. They got radio play. People don't know that they had to fight for radio play to get Mystic Styles on. And a lot of the songs that they had originally, they did not get in any radio play. Not at mm. all. I had to look that shit up. I was like, let me verify this. But when I was doing <laughs> a, a article from VSB that never came out, I might I might just release it just to say, fuck it. There when it go. came out, um, a lot of people did not like that song. And there was only a couple of songs that they liked off of it, so they played, eventually played it on the radio. But um, at the time, they... They just didn't get anything. But Live By Your Rep, off of mainly this report in 3-6 Mafia, what they would do to Bone Thugs when they see them. And the okay. first person is Lord Infamous. And Lord Infamous will scare the living shit out of you. And then it goes to Gangsta Boo. And then it goes to DJ Paul. Uh, I'm, getting the, I'm getting like the collection messed up. Like I said, correct me if I'm wrong. But it's mainly what 3-6 Mafia would do to Bone Thugs, which was at the time a part of the beef. So yeah, it's it's a lot like the fact that three six like put their beefs in their raps and it's a part of their albums is so subtle because you don't really hear beefs from three six mafia like that. But when they were beefing with both thugs, that was their that was probably one of their biggest due to the fact that they both had something unique to put themselves on and put their city on. But because people threw around both of them, because most of us listeners were very simple. <laughs> I'm going to be nice and say that. Uh, and, you know, sometimes we get artists confused. You know what I'm saying? Like, most, I'm pretty sure that that caused, like, both, both you know, collectives to crash. But, yo, like, you can't take away the fact that, like, the, this song is very small, but it's huge just due to the fact that this kind of shows that they put their differences away in order for, them to make really good music together. And I think they continue to make more music. I think um <sighs> Crazy Bone, I think he did something with three six when they had a reunion and it was like the 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 six the Mafia Six. And they the came Mafia back like six. that. Yeah. Yeah, I remember. Um my next joint uh choices. Yes. Great song. 
I don't know if this is the inspiration for the actual movie they did. This definitely came out before the movie yes. and the album. Because the Choices album came out in 2001, right? Yeah. 2000. Either way, I love the song Choices. Yeah. Uh, maybe because it's a sample. Um, I think it's like him kind of like storytelling, right? And I think that's the part of Pat. Don't get me on people don't talk about him. So he tells, he tells funny stories. And he's... His ability to be creative in his lyrics allows him to paint pretty much a vivid picture. Two choruses, quick yep. in and out. Like there's no nothing crazy, not fancy. Um, I don't know, man. Mm-hmm. Even in the song, I think the choices is the song is literally about choices. Like the whole song yeah. is about choices. Like you want some money, go get some money. You want me broke, get broke. No, you want to sell dope, sell dope. Uh, he's talking about like talking to kids, um, reaching to you. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Uh, using his lyrics for shit. Stack yep. the bread and not like the choices you can make. You know what I'm saying? I don't know, man. I, um, I don't know, man. It's one of my favorite joints. And I really think that uh, it's, it's one of those joints that if, if you never heard Project Pat, I will play this for you just to disturb the myth of what people expect of you, an old, especially an old 36. Related song because this does not sound nothing like the three six nothing because the sample is so overbearing it's it's not only a really it's not only a complex beat you know what I'm saying so fuck with it bro yeah this was this was a tough one because I also have this song on one of my playlists on Spotify um but like yeah it was like you said, it was one of the songs that kind of made Project Pat, like, it, it, it took him out of context of being just that hard-ass gangster rapper. Um, of course, there's a lot of songs on Greddy Green that's not about him killing anybody, <sighs> him and and him and women, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, this is one of the uh, songs that, like, you look differently at Project Pat, like, of course, everybody may have a hard side. Everybody may have a chance where they're, they are anger. But Choices is the song that, like, show Project Pat's soft side in a way without really making him seem soft. Like, it showed, it, it, it opened him up because he's letting people know the different choices that, he, that he's had and the things that he wants to do, like teach the youth, talk to kids, things like that. But then he also got the other choices of things that he did in the past. And balancing that out with also, you know, balancing his, his own hip-hop career. And this is also a song that definitely gives off Mac vibes. Like, um, this definitely gives off uh, uh, vibes from the original Mac because 
some of the things he talk about in this 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 song kind of plays off of what the Mac did, but obviously in the 1970s, you know, like of the black exploitation time, but it's upgraded to 1999 in a time where Project Pat is thriving. And it just really gave off those vibes from like this whole album gave off that vibe, but this was one of the songs that I was like, yo, this really reminds me of like just player shit. Yeah. Some yeah. Play, some smooth player shit. Yeah. Yeah, play shit. That. yeah. Yeah. Ain't no ain't, it ain't like the trunk ain't gonna be rattling, but you can put the windows down and turn some corners with it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Or just that's probably why I like it too. Yeah. It might be why I rock with it too, though. I think that's a great point. Um, yeah, man, that's that's one of my ones, yo. That's gonna be one of the ones I play forever. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm gonna be an old head, gray, cleaning my car. You can clean your car today, yo. That's yep. car, that's car cleaning music. Yep. I ain't trying to break the speakers or nothing, but that's some that's some smooth player shit. So. Okay, okay. Project man, he really he did his thing. I think we had, this is our last ones, right? No, did I go so. first? I think so. I yeah, think, yeah, because uh, you did up there. This is the last one. You next. Okay. Okay. Oh, so it's my turn now. Yes, sir. Oh, shit. Um, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Last one. It's the last oh, one's always the hardest. Is, oh, because we definitely got some good ones. All right. So I would probably say I got out there as my as another top fiver. Um, but shit, I gotta I gotta hear that shit again because it's been a while. That's the one. That's the one that was like really popular, and a bunch of people sampled it. That's the one that. That's the flow. The flow that Drake used. A nigga that's down for his crown, man. If your ass step, I'ma be downtown, man. Four floor bow, man. That's if I get caught, man. Yeah. That's now that's. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just played a small little smidgen of that motherfucker, and I was like, that's yeah. what I'm like. I think that's a quintessential Project Pat song. Quintessential Memphis shit, possibly, arguably, but this is definitely a quintessential. Project Pat song. Like, this is an essential Project Pat song. I think this is one of the building block songs for his sound. And then obviously because we had Drake use those same lyrics, of course he does that for a lot of artists, but because he used those lyrics, it's it's famous now, but, you know, you don't have a lot of people go back to the original to actually hear where it came from. Uh, but this is yet another song that kind of proves or solidifies how long Project Pat's legacy is truly is. You know what I'm saying? Like, once again, this is a yet another song that is sampled by artists in the 2010s. Like, I think this song was made in 2017 when it first came yep. out. And like, and it was a hit. It was a hit record. It was a hit record. It was a, a hit, hit record. record. We ain't never seen that nigga JB Block Boy since. <laughs> we ain't he never had that seen. Joint. He had that, nah, he had that joint. With, and that, you're right. That was the same time. The joint he had for 21 Savage. Okay, okay. And then he did something with ASAP Rocky, but he did it for testing. Nah, but good. you right, though. That nigga did yeah. not. Yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah, like, he, I mean, he also had shoot. Okay, we're giving, we, we might be talking shit about JB Blockboy too much, but at the same time, like, isn't it, he's not a Project Pat, and one of the reasons why I do out, like out there is because 
even at this time, people like Drake. Superstars like Drake is putting on Memphis artists, underground Memphis artists like Project Pat and being like, yo, this is where I came from. And only the real niggas know when he spits that lyric, it's originally from out there. Now, at first, I thought it was blunt to my lips because when I was looking up the song on Frostwire, you know what I'm saying? That was the first thing that came up. And I was like, oh, this makes sense. But it's not. Um, it's actually out there. But, yeah, this is this is probably, like, one of my last favorite ones because it is definitely a quintessential Project Pat song. Is it a quintessential Memphis hit? Not quite sure because it's mainly Project Pat talking about gangster shit. But definitely a quintessential Project Pat song. It's been sampled, like you said, by different artists like Drake. I appreciate you for throwing that shit up because I wouldn't have fucking understood what I wrote <laughs> till you reminded me of that. But yeah, that yeah, that's my favorite off of that, John. That's that's my last favorite. Man, I, I, I love Out There, man. And I think when you said it's a quintessential Project Pat song, I think that's a fact. That's the song you expect him to make. But he kills it though, so you still like it. So it's not like, oh, this is, this is what I no, that nigga killed it. Killed it. Um, and that's one of the songs where he actually gave it three verses. But he, it didn't feel too long, it didn't feel pushed because even though he gave two verses on a lot of songs, when he does give you three verses, the song goes with the song vibe, so it still flows effortlessly. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think, man, out there, man, it's. it's it's crazy, man, because it's been sampled so many times. It's been redone so many times. Not redone, but like used in different ways. Um, and it's really impressive that uh, how he, I don't know, man. I, I just, I don't know, man. It's really dope how, and then he, the sample that he used for out there is a jazz sample by Grover Washington. And you would never really? expect it. Bro, I'm going to send it to you when I'm done. I was looking up today. Cause I was looking it up, getting ready for this. It's the Grover Washington sample, and I was playing, and I was like, "Yo, Three Six's ability to take these obscure songs. They they, they took a he has an Alanis Morissette sample on this album from a, from a from a movie soundtrack, not even like a big hit record. Yeah, from a movie soundtrack. Yeah. They sample songs from I'll say I'll say that for the wrap up. But yeah. Just talking about this song out there. It's a great record. It's a, it's a it's an energy record from Project. Uh, it flows with the albums, even though the song after this is like a not as the same amount of energy as it. What song is after this one? Um, oh, oh, so niggas got me fucked there. up. It keeps that same energy. Yeah. So, but the, the but the beat the beat is different. The niggas yeah. the niggas gonna be fucked up, but the beat is yeah. different. So it's not like a rah rah rah, but it it. But, the energy translates, but it's not the same kind of energy. You're not trying to punch a hole through the wall, like out there. Out there is like rob music. Mm-hmm. Music got me fucked up. It's like, I don't know, I'm looking for these niggas. I'm about to fight. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's getting you ready for it. I don't know, man. I, I think it's just one of those things that Project Pat did very well. And um, that is just a great record, yo. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. And then his flow pattern, the fact that Drake used that for another song is crazy because. He 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 used his lyrics. He didn't sample the record. He used his lyrics, lyrics, which is crazy because Pat was always deemed for having 
in elementary lyrics so being yeah. to whatever whatever dominant down whatever they would give yeah. southern records for making sure like that but the fact that drake took the same bars and put that into the joint i don't know man i think it, it shows how ahead of his time project pat was one of the yeah. one of the best best albums of the south um my next one was tough though because uh you picked a lot of ones which i picked the same one why you do this? I got to roll up. Why you think as a drummer? All right, all right, all right. <laughs> I think I got it. I think I got it. I want to make sure I'm giving it. It's a uh, rinky dink two slash we're going to rumble. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. <laughs> rinky dink records is hilarious. The yes. This is hilarious. I love, like, yes. again, I love, I said this in another episode. I love when rappers can include humor into their art, like into their creativity process. Because, you know, we rap about shooting niggas all the time. Like, you get tired of that. But when you can include humor, it, like, shows your creative side more. Um, so I was happy that he did that. And Work On was a beautiful song. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful song. So good. Uh, so um, uh, I'm trying to describe the feeling I get when I listen to it. Because even though it's work on Rumble, it's not like a fight song. Yeah, it uses that DJ Zerk sample though. My one of my favorite, one of my favorite underground Memphis like tape songs is DJ Zerk Too Thick. That's the damn it. I think that's the one of the first four tracks off of my uh, the Dark Side with it T H A Dark Side uh, playlist. It is DJ Zerk just uh, Too Thick and Three Six Mafia sampled them all the fucking time but i definitely see why uh but specifically in we gonna rumble it's just mainly like it's just some hard shit like it's just mainly project pat just going in yeah nigga yeah nigga i got go teeth nigga <laughs> like can i i don't even know how to nigga. what is what rhyme pattern is that yo i don't know are you chicken head foes? Get your ass off the floor. Yeah, nigga, yeah, nigga. I got go deep, nigga. I'm from the street, nigga. You got some beef, nigga. Yeah, nigga, yeah, nigga. We keep the dope cooking. And where I'm from, grown men don't take no ass whooping. Yeah, nigga, yeah, nigga. Go get your boys, nigga. I bring the noise, nigga. So bring your toys, nigga. Yeah, nigga, yeah, nigga. You catch a drama, boy. On marijuana, boy. I shoot your It's like it's like I don't even know how to describe that because you know? he yeah yeah he keeps going back to yeah nigga so it's like yeah nigga yeah nigga then he says something we cooking dope <laughs> and where I'm from grown man so I'm taking ass, ass with with yeah me. nigga <laughs> yo that's why I love it because it's so that is not like a normal rhyme pattern that we was hearing back in '99 even today even in rap for simple now they're still not using. This rhyme pattern, you know, nope. I can't find other examples. It comes to my top of my head. I'm sure I probably will think of it when we're done talking about it. But like the rhyme pattern was, it's a trailblazing. You know, nobody has done that and still doesn't do that. And I think yeah. throughout this album, Pat has shown different ways of rapping. But everyone said, like, the time was like, oh, that's weak, that's stupid, that's that, da, 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 da. Yeah. That is hard, yo. That is that is hard to do. You wanna know what the crazy thing is? This mm -hmm. same song was so first of all, 
technically project for this song was on HBO Ballers. And the reason why I say that is because it was sampled by Blood Orange. Yeah, yeah it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, he sampled that. Yeah, nigga, yeah, yeah, nigga. I got from the street, nigga. <laughs> I got the teeth, nigga. Yeah, and then yeah, on the he's... second part, okay, and then but... the, 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 the hook, we gonna rumble in this house. We gonna rumble, rumble in this house. All you bad weed sellers, get your bro. Yeah. That is crazy. Hey, shit. <sighs> Man, I don't know what people were saying back in the day, man, but they was out there damn minds. Did you see the reviews for this shit, too? I was like, bro, y'all, y'all. I want to flint. I'm ready to talk about it. Pull them joints up. We're going to talk Let's about it. Talk end. your shit. Talk your that's shit, the, my nigga. Is that the fifth? That's be done with the fifth? That's yeah, uh, shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's but, yeah, let it be known. It's sampled by one of the best Memphis. Please check that shit out. If you really want to know, don't talk that shit about hip-hop if you don't know hip-hop history. I'm sorry, and I'm not trying to sound like an old hip-hop nigga, but I'm kind of having to sound like an old hip-hop nigga. Some of y'all young niggas don't know. List, take the time to listen to the shit that, from the past because history repeats itself. We see that shit going on in society right now we, with the fucking Spanish flu in 1912 and shit, and now COVID-19 happening right now, or if we're looking back at this shit, take the fucking time to look at your history. So, best fucking... Memphis underground tape song ever because it was sampled by Three Six Mafia hella times. Go listen to that and also go listen to Blood Orange Chewing Gum because that shit is hard. And it also features Project Pat because fucking I don't know what and Gangsta Boo Gangsta Boo sampled on that part too. Yeah, Gangsta Boo oh, is on um, Goat is on Blood Orange Joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. All right, now we can just talk about how much we love the album because it's nothing that I don't like about it. Like it's okay. normally this is this is the part where we like oh I like this part and I hated this part, nah yo, nah, this nah. the <laughs> impact of this record is where this is twenty one years yeah twenty one right. year it came out twenty one years ago right yep. this song is still being sampled in hit records no yep. limit the G Easy song which I fucking hated yep um, was sampled. And that's this 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 song, um, uh, uh, we gonna rumble was sampled in that joint. Yeah. Uh, the the blood orange joint. I'm not sure where, but it was sampled in there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's new. The gold teeth joint. We just talking about my blood orange, and that blood orange uh, that blood orange album was amazing, and I, I love how he's also able to combine different sounds of his like with R and B aesthetic alternative music was really dope. But back to the pack, bro. Like. The, the samples was phenomenal throughout the whole album. Um, the songs that they used, sampling themselves, sampling obscure songs, sampling pop popular songs from uh, other people, the Tupac sample, the uh, 70s soul singer sample, that's what, that was dope. But then like the impact of it today is, Drake is still using this for hit records. Yep. Uh, g had a hit record off of it. Megan Thee Stallion um, uses Project Pat stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's, uh, it's crazy because I feel like Pat doesn't get the respect that he deserves. Yeah. Um, this is a crazy album, you know? And um, I'm, um, I hope that as time goes and as people understand the impact that 36 Mafia and Project Pat, because they had two different impacts. Yep. Um, hope that people give it the respect that it deserves. 
um, that they deserve. So let me ask you, let me ask you a question. Cause I know we talked about this before we had this, before we started recording like a couple of days ago, you see this album here. It's very raw, very, very hard. It's, it's quintessential project Pat, like in his grimiest mode. And then the next song you got, um, the next album you have, um, um, not creeper for the come up, but laying the smile. Uh, oh, Mr. Don't play. Mr. Don't play. Which is bigger because he had chicken head on it. Exactly. Do you think this album is better than Mr. Don't Play? I mean, right now, I'm going to say it is. Solely because I've been playing it every day for the past week. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go back and listen to Mr. Don't Play to give it like a, like a full-fledged uh, review. Um, and be- before I set Get It Green like I had this past week, I always said Mr. Don't Play was better. Yep. Um, but I'm having second thoughts because I've listened to this for a whole week. Yeah. And um, I've come to appreciate the creativity it takes for every song to approach a different about how you're going to rap. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, we often give people up top in New York like the props of being creative with their rhymes but yep. Pat almost almost not every time but mm-hmm. he almost bore a different way like a different rhyme pattern with almost every song the same way he raps on uh choices yep. it's not the same way he raps on um out there yeah. the same way he raps on out there ain't the same way he rap on we're gonna rumble yeah you know what I'm saying like yeah. I, that need that has there has to be a meter for that level of creativity to go into like how people dissect music. Uh, Juice used to always be on me, man. Like you got to come with different kind of flows, man, because you got to you got to stand out. And I just I don't know, man. I just kept doing, kept doing, kept working. And one day we had this song called Wannabes, and I had did the hook on it. And then when I did the hook on it, I came with the style of the hook at the end of the song. And man, that's when it caught. Right. I had did it. I kind of did it on Getty Green. A you little did bit. do it on Getty Green. Yeah, I did a little bit, but it wasn't perfected shit. It, it wasn't perfected. So when I said that, so, so, keeping on the scissor, like it, so, it, 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 it wasn't perfected though. So I agree. The impact is crazy, man. I agree. I completely agree. I feel like people need to really, people really need to give Project Pat his his flowers because y'all. Many people, when that, if that, I hope this nigga don't die. But if he was to die, everybody be like, oh, I remember listening to his shit. Nah, we need to give Project Pat and 36 Mile Rivia, about 36 Mafia, the flowers that they deserve because we wouldn't have all of these artists now if it wasn't for what they've done from the 90s to what they're doing now with Juicy J consulting a lot of these younger rappers and helping them executive produce an album. Of course, he's making it, you know, he's making his own dollar off of that. And then also, let's not include the beefs within 3-6 Mafia that is keeping them apart. But at the same time, um, in order for you to appreciate what's going on now or what's going to happen in the future, you have to appreciate the past. And when Project Pat was the present, we didn't give a fuck about him. Not all of us. You and I. We grew up with this shit. So it makes it a little bit different. But I didn't. When- Oh, okay. When, I was, right. when okay. I was a kid, I didn't, I didn't, I'm going to be honest with you. I know some people act like they be lying about their music takes. Yeah. Like you, you listen to it because you had connects to family in Tennessee. Yeah. Bro, yeah. I wasn't playing 
listen, only Southern music that I really, really, really rock with when I was like a kid, kid was mostly Outkast. I started playing like Houston music when I went to visit my family when I was like 12 or 13. Mm. And my big cousins used to put me on the stuff in like 2000. That was around like the free proceed time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I remember my big cousin put me down with like a lot of Houston stuff when I was down there. So UGK stuck, Paul, Mike, Slim, Chameleon there. Those guys mm. really stuck with me. Um, but I didn't really venture off. I mean, I knew about Cash Money. I knew about yeah. No Limit. My brother, my brother was a big No Limit fan, so okay. uh, I listened to No Limit stuff. But bro, like I didn't. Nah, I ain't listened to Ball and G until I got about nineteen, twenty. Damn, for real? Man. Like no, I ain't listened to Ball and G like that. For shit. And Scarface, I listened to my brother. My brother had Scarface album The Fix when he was on Def Jam, and then when he had that. When we start downloading music online, I started, I started like trying to download other shit, and I came across yeah. like the Diary and you know, Ghetto Boy shit. But yeah. I ain't played, I ain't start digging, digging into like three six, probably like ten years ago. I was eighteen, nineteen, twenty, but then. Well, I apologize yeah. for that misconception. I oh no, you good. <laughs> but but I, no, I think it's, that's cool. I think that's the cool part about music though, because you can yeah. appreciate it. Another, like, man. Yeah, we nine-year-old nine me would have heard this shit and be like, "Man, what the hell are you talking about?" <laughs> That's the crazy thing, though. Like when I was young, I was playing, watching, and listening to shit that I had no business listening to. <laughs> like, real shit. The first video game I played, and for my gamers, the first video game I played, my dad bought Sonic and an NES and shit. That, I mean, not Sonic, uh, Mario Brothers and the NES. But the first game I actually played was Doom. And I got yep. addicted to that shit before I even touched the NES. When my dad was like, oh, all right, you breaking my computer now. Then I had to downgrade to the NES to play that shit. Like, like you got to, we got to understand, like, sometimes you just got to be able to take that time to dig into, like, the, the, the crazier shit in order for you to understand where it's going to go. Because I feel like so many times we forget about artists who might have been, uh, deemed as crazy at the time and then when you start seeing the artist that you may like who's hitting top 40 sample that same shit to make a hit and you're like oh where this song came from oh it's from this guy i didn't know and then you become a fan of course i love that shit like you stumbled across somebody but take the time to understand the history and where this thing is coming from because if not we're going to forget a lot of artists you know what i'm saying it's sad because i really wish three six mafia and Pro project pack will one day get into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Will that happen? I don't know. I don't know how these white people are going to feel. But at the same time, they deserve it because well, if it wasn't for them... Yeah. Yeah, we do. We do. We definitely do. Our own. We're not asking my white folks to let us in no more with this shit. Well, man. thank you. Well, thank you. Yes, you are absolutely right. Also, we need to make sure we had some 3-6 Mafia shit in the uh, African-American Museum. Make sure that happens. Yes. I don't know who to talk to about we that. We need a hip-hop section, and it got to pay homage to the South, yo. So oh, I, pulled up, I pulled up the... Um, I actually saved it. I saw it on Twitter earlier this year, so I'm actually happy I found it. The uh, Getty Green rating that the source gave to, to the album. They gave us, I mean, two and a half mics, right? Get all the fuck and they said it's it's a tight ass single and the album is packed with guest stars and can it be misleading misleading. Um a bunch of other bullshit. 
Hard edge, side to side, keep the hot boys. This is the hot boys and big timers on it so we can sell records. Uh, it said one single doesn't make the album. Fuck out of here. It said North Memphis was ultra slow, me for flossing. Uh, he should be given credit for developing a style that easily stands out and could cross out. That's what we said, right? Yeah. I, wish, I, wish, I wish this picture had the full the full review. Yeah. But um, it, it does say at the bottom, which we said, like, He's a decent job of flowing at any speed and should be given credit um, for developing a style that easily stands out in today's world of MCs. And I feel like that's Project Pat, bro. Like, he really flipped this shit and did what he wanted to do in every verse, like, in every verse, almost every song, the way his song structure sounds different. Yeah. But two and a half mics is disrespectful. That this is, is at least four and a half. You can maybe, at, at minimum, four. Very disrespectful. And I would give it like a four and a half, um, maybe even a five. That's, That's what I'm crazy. saying. There's some songs. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. No, I don't even understand. Um, and I think the good part about looking back, you can see the impact. Bro, the song Shake Your Ass, that sample is still living today. I'm not saying it's because of this, but bro, that's a bounce song. Bounce like that Shake Your Ass, that's the same joint that uh. J Electronic and Jay-Z sampled or used or was inspired by whatever the right word is for that song they got on there to get the gap, get the gap. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, bro. Man, they didn't know, man. They ain't know. They didn't know what the impact that he would have made at this time. Shit, people still don't know. And I'm pretty sure people are scared because they don't want to go back to that past. They'll listen to Megan Stallion because – I mean, Megan, Megan, you know what I'm saying? And then she got the hard-ass, she got the hard-ass lyrics to go over those hard-ass beats sampled by 3-6. But, man, it's, it's it's very hard for people to go back to the original 3-6 or the original Project Pat because in some cases it might be too rough for them. And that's a disservice because if you're going to talk about how this artist is so important to you, take the time to go back and listen to the person that inspired them. Now, for Megan, I mean, she said her favorite rapper was Pimp C. But for many other artists, like Trippy Red, like Smoke Perk, like Space Ghost Perk, like DJ Smokey, they all listened to what 3-6 and Project Pat was able to create. And I also believe that Project Pat was in some way a gateway for people to like 3-6 Mafia. Just like how 3-6 Mafia was a gateway for people to like Project Pat because fans were like, oh, shit, he coming out with some shit? Oh, this shit hard, too. Like, I think because Project Pat had different types of convers, you know, different types of topics he rapped about, of course, he had some crazy-ass ones. Like, I'm... Okay, I'm not going to talk about that song. But, yeah, skip running train. Skip it. Skip running train. Please do. <laughs> but at the same time, like, like, a lot of those songs off of there, like, were sampled or used by somebody else. Give that man his respect. Give that man his respect. That's all I want. Give that man his respect, and then let's 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 at least celebrate Three Six Mafia's past for real. Um, I mean, that's a good point about. Uh, I am happy that rap has evolved because that run the train shit. That shit was cringy. Cringy as fuck. Uh, like even the even was... the moaning in the background. I was like, bro, what the fuck? Oh. <laughs> Um, 
But when you take it into consideration of what was like the time was, which you can like, you know, think about, you can understand, not understand, but you can like see what was going on. Um, and I'm happy to, I'm happy that hip hop is the point now where some of the shit that they say in these songs back then, niggas ain't rapping about no more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm on that shit, bro. I was like, God damn, I felt bad for Gangsta Boo. Yeah, that's like, right. Dang, I felt bad for her having to be around this shit all the time. Yeah. I can't imagine the shit that Hell she's yeah. here. Y'all niggas wow. using the same goddamn. Y'all using the same sample all the time. Let's mm-hmm. run it. I'm like, oh fuck, man. Hey, man like even I, when. I... Go ahead. Nah, you good. I was gonna say even when that sample was like even when it was used the first time on Slime on my knob. I mean, it was like a punchline, but. It was still like, ah, oh, you could you could do that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, 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 nah, I'm good. <laughs> and the, the the crazy part is, those were the songs that brought people to three six. You know what I'm saying? And it sucks because they got some other joints that slap, but yeah. that's not, you know, just that. But yeah, because you know, Project Pat probably gonna be known for Chicken Head, and then people say like, oh man, da 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 da. But bro, he got some joints, you know. Yep. He got some stories. He got some different ways of creativity. He approaches the the every verse differently. Like that that get lost within. That's the sucky part about having like certain hit records, especially back then, because you get labeled as like that kind of rapper. Um, and Pat wasn't that kind of rapper. Pat, like I said, he brought he every verse he did differently almost. Yep. Yeah, man, I, re- I really love this album, man, and um, I'm actually happy we did it. I'm happy we picked an album that was severely overlooked at the time, uh, but uh, it has aged very well. Some of the subject matter, no, but the impact, the impact, for sure. Facts, facts. The impact, for sure, for sure. Facts. God damn. Anything else? Anything else you want to say about the album? We're gonna wrap it up, man. Let let this. First of all, I need I need our listeners to listen to Getty Green. I need y'all listen. I need all of our listeners. Who? Excuse me. I need all of our listeners to listen to Getty Green, and like, let us know your thoughts about like the the album. Let us know your thoughts. Hit us up on our uh, on our IG. You know what I'm saying? Like. Ahmad is a is a is a champ at these IGs, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I'm ass, bro. I hate that shit. Man, you are a great producer. You know that you 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 say that shit. <laughs> say it, man. But like, yeah, take the time to like let us know your comments about Getty Green, what you may think. Um, and like I said, take the time to listen to music of the past because it's history. Like the th- the little things that you may have is in some way history and when it comes to music we listen to music while we kind of go through life and in some cases the soundtrack to our life the things that we listen to so take some time to actually listen to the history because the shit's gonna be in your face and then you're gonna kind of be new to the shit when it was in your face for the longest time but you continue to ignore it because it was something that was different and um with with project pat he was completely different, but he managed to find his own lane and continue that path to to being a legend. He is a legend. D- d- despite what a lot of people may say, oh, he just disappeared. He is a motherfucking legend. He had three albums that were good and to this day makes good songs with any kind of artist. Wiz Khalifa, Blood Orange, uh, his own people, 3-6 Mafia, Cash Money, 
Like, he is a legend. And give that man respect and uh, take the time to listen to not only Getty Green, but all of his other projects. That's all I got to say. Shit, you got anything to say, man? Nah, real shit, though. I really hope that every time we make these uh, these episodes, people can just pull something away from it and go back and listen to the album, man, and really get that feeling that that you get when you just love a, a piece of art, a piece of music, man. That's what it is to us, and we really, we really, really love it. Um, and it's just like sometimes people, it's so much content coming out, like just taking the time to go back and check off something that you're probably not thinking about. And then going back to stuff you hear on the radio, the shit you hear people talking about on the day-to-day because we get 15 fucking albums a day now. Um, It just gives you a great appreciation for the music and it makes you like relive those moments you had. And I don't know, man. It just just gets your shit going. And with all that, thanks for tuning in, listening. We really appreciate it. Um, This is episode three. Um, subscribe to right to listen to podcast. Follow the record report Instagram uh, at record pod podcast on, on IG and Twitter. Yep. You want to plug your IG? Ain't nobody gonna listen to this shit. So, <laughs> it's a, it's a good habit to build. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vans be underscore man. Vans be underscore everything. I'm DJing on Twitch soon. That's gonna start popping up. But check my IG. You know the announcement video gonna come soon. But Vance B underscore, and also follow my man, uh, Ahmad. Go ahead and tell him, tell him, tell him. Man, your I don't fuck with that shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> I hate social media. I'm on that shit because I just want to step to my friends. Man, you so, good on Twitter, bro. I just, <laughs> man, I just want to see what my friends be doing, you know, making sure they safe and all that other good shit. Um, yeah, but yeah, bro, if you find me on that shit, you mean, find me, like my shit, follow me. But I just want to, if you if you find me on there, just send me, send me what you're listening to. I just want to know what niggas is listening to. Um, and keep us updated. Follow us on all that shit. Hit our link tree on the IG bio so you can. Uh, I'm gonna put up Vince articles on there yep. so you can oh. read his writings. You know what I'm saying? Oh. You know what I'm saying? Oh, keep everybody plugged in. Build a good establishment. All Thank that good you. shit. Thank Peace. You.